welcome to episode four of Shades of Blue. And this month, we're going to be interviewing me, Charlie Cohen. Um, whilst there is a theme with Shades of Blue and I have a, a vague idea of what we're going to be talking about, I otherwise don't know what questions Ben is going to ask me. Um, so let's roll. Why don't you tell everybody who might not already be aware about your own personal experiences with your mental health struggles and where it started and where you're up to with it now? As far as I can remember, um, depression has always been something that I dealt with. So one of my earliest memories is suicidal ideation from maybe the age of three or four. Um, and my immediate response to a stress situation, like be that with like an argument with my mum or whatever, would be just wanting to die and figuring out how I was gonna die. Um, and that sort of existed with me all my life was just um, a kind of normal place that I automatically went to. I didn't think there was anything particularly strange about that until I started to learn a little bit more about um, depression. And I've always been, I guess, quite high functioning with it. So whilst I've had major depressive episodes, um, I've still been able to get by with the things that I've needed to do um, during those times, even though it's been a, a massive struggle. Um, so I suppose that helped me minimise it more than I should have done for a long time as well. I've also struggled with some degree of anxiety, um, especially social anxiety for most of my life, um, especially from probably my mid-teens onwards. It's something that I think I struggle with much more now than I did when I was a child. And also I spent most of my teens suffering from anorexia. Um, and I recovered from that myself, but still have the knock-on effects of having had an eating disorder for a long period of time that it's kind of impossible to ever shake. There's always a, a residual shadow there. Um, so that's, I guess, in a nutshell, the particular things that I've dealt with and have experience with. So how old were you when you first became aware of maybe being more depressed than the people around you or dealing with situations in a different way than the people around you? I think probably when it came to school holidays, I would just crash. So over summer, I would just crash. I would barely be able to get out of bed. Um, so how and, old like school holidays? Um, maybe from high school right. onwards. Um, I guess when term time started to become a bit more pressured academically. So that's when I would have, where it would really impact me with physical symptoms um, versus purely um, thought patterns. And how old were you when you identified it as an actual problem and not just the way you were? Um, probably pretty recently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like really recently. So I started seeing a psychotherapist about two years ago now. Um, so that it was around that time where I thought, okay, I, there's actually something here that maybe it's something that I can be helped with rather than something that's just a regular part of me that's fine. 
maybe it isn't fine. Um, and I started taking antidepressants about a year ago. Um, so I take 20 milligrams of fluoxetine. And were your parents always aware of how you felt? Or was um, it something you generally tried to keep to yourself? I think it was something that I'm, I was and still am pretty good at masking in any context where I feel like I need to hide it. I tend to present quite a calm and rational exterior. Um, apart from to those I'm closest to, I guess my mum saw it more. She would get the brunt of the anger and sadness as I was growing up. Um, but I I was the only child. I was the only child that she'd had, so she didn't necessarily have a perception of whether that was normal or abnormal. Mm. But it definitely wasn't raised as an issue. My parents, neither of them are particularly forthcoming with emotion themselves. Um, so I wasn't necessarily brought up in this really emotionally intelligent environment, with the exception of my stepfather, who was probably the healthiest influence in that sense in terms of that you should express and talk about emotional difficulties. And what about a social circle of friends? Did you have a sort of supportive friendship group growing up or were you more of a loner? Um, I've always had one or two close friends. Um, I was always the go-to support person. I presented myself as that person. So I tended to be the one who would listen to and help my friends with their stuff rather than really sharing what was going on with me. I'm, I'm still very much like that. It makes me feel good to be able to help other people. That's kind of one of my coping mechanisms for dealing with my own shit. Um, but I'm a little bit closed when it comes to talking about what I'm going through. Mm. And um, you say you've recently or semi-recently just started your medication. Yes. And it's helping. Yes, it's really helping. So what were your thoughts leading up to trialing it for the first time? So I've always been massively sceptical, really fucking terrified of taking medication. Um, brought up very much with the idea that Big Pharma is really bad and in a lot of ways it is. Um, so my mum uh, trained as a pharmacologist and she experienced firsthand how the industry worked and uh, rapidly decided to become an antiques dealer instead. So that was kind of the influence that I had about uh, pharmaceuticals and traditional medicine. Mm. Um, I was brought up seeing a homeopath um, and generally have always gone for natural eastern holistic approach first before a traditional western medicine approach right um so having done all of those things and still getting to the point where i felt like my life was in danger with suicidal thoughts mm -hmm. um i decided as a last resort with help and encouragement from yourself that that's something I would try. I went to see a private GP that I previously worked with, um, someone who was very open to both Eastern and Western approaches to medicine. So I really trusted her advice. I trusted that she wouldn't over prescribe or unnecessarily prescribe 
and we worked out a strategy. Um, so I felt like I was going into it with the most information possible and with a support network that I could trust. And yeah, it's been pretty life-changing to be honest. Did you have any side effects from the medication? So for the first couple of weeks, I was quite spaced out. I was told that was to be expected. I started on a really do low dose and I've remained on a really low dose because that, that was an, all that I needed really to take the edge off. Um, so potentially that helped to um, reduce any sort of side effects. But ongoing, no, I haven't had any sort of side effects. No, that's, that's good. And just touching on your suicidal um, ideation and mm -hmm. thoughts in your lowest times, have you ever tried to actually kill yourself? Um, so, first of all, trigger warning here, um, because I, I know that talking about this type of thing can be quite difficult for people who... We can certainly put that in the... Yeah, we, we have to. In the bio as well. Um, I've never, I guess, done anything that would be formally considered a suicide attempt. I've done lots of practice attempts in times that I've been trying to work up the confidence to actually go through with it mm -hmm. without going into too specific details on methods. I've gone through months of every day practicing, having written my note, having got all my affairs in order. Mm. Um, so I've prepared for it without actually doing anything that's left me hospitalized. Jolly good. <laughs> And growing up, did you know anyone else who suffered uh, with similar issues as yourself? Um, yeah, I would say so. Um, I mean, I grew up in a quite a goth emo community anyway. So, so everybody was depressed. So everybody was, everybody was depressed or almost... Um, glorifying depression in some sense yeah but it was it wasn't something that was a problem to to talk about i think um, generally easier to talk about in those social circles though yeah definitely yeah for sure for sure i mean it um it was never a taboo within the social circles i was in certainly in the uk when i mm. moved to new zealand which is a much different culture that's not something that i would have been com comfortable discussing with the social group there yeah so why do you think it is still such a taboo subject i think it's slowly getting better but why is it still such a sticking point um in both the professional uh in professional industries and generally as well within society because it's still perceived as a weakness rather than a an illness it's, mm. it's seen as something that you know if you strong-willed enough you can just sort your shit out and get on with it yeah um, it's not seen as a crippling deadly illness which it is mm. um 
And that goes for both the sufferer and potentially people that are around them as well. Yeah, I mean, speaking from experience, you know, when you've had your low days, weeks, months, it's difficult. Um, So I sympathise with that. So with social media, um, especially YouTube and Instagram specifically, with people putting so much of their lives online, how do you see that playing into um, general mental health among the young specifically? Well... On the whole, I would say it's massively problematic because you're not getting an honest, realistic insight into someone's life. You're getting what you might see as proof that your life is shit by comparison to mm. to theirs. Um, so you're not seeing the reality. On the other hand, I think it gives you the sense that there's so much you could do um you feel potentially less limited with opportunity because you're seeing so much evidence for what you could be how you could get there so that that's a positive maybe it can help to give people more direction especially if they haven't had those types of role models within their personal physical circle Mm. Um, but I would say 90% the way that most of us use social media um, which is as a comparison tool or as a showcasing of achievements tool, mm-hmm. um, it's problematic for mental health. And do you see that changing? I I don't see I don't see that changing. Um, I think that more tools will develop to help people cope but I don't see the environment changing I think the environment will probably get worse yeah I think that a human capacity in and of itself to deal with that it's never going to be able to deal with that so there needs to be some intermediary tools that help people Mm. Um, I mean you know that's what we're trying to do to an extent with shades of blue but there needs to be infrastructure in place that helps to provide a buffer between the human and the internet yeah um so just backtracking a little bit um briefly so if someone is listening to this and they they believe that someone they love or know um is really suffering with their mental health issues whether it be depression or anxiety or whatever else falls under the umbrella what can they do to help that person so speaking from someone you know speaking as someone who suffers what is really helpful for you and what can the people around you do to help you through those times honestly i think the biggest thing is being able to sit with them with what they're going through not necessarily try to fix it not necessarily try to force them to talk about it but continue to be there with them through the experience for them to know that you're there for them to know that even if they keep having to flake out and cancel on you because they're suffering so much 
um, that you're going to continue to be there for them. Mm. Um, like really being being a shoulder and you know there will hopefully come a point where maybe you can start to make suggestions um, about professionals they could see for treatment and so on but initially not going in there immediately trying to fix their problems but just being there with them I think massively important yeah again speaking from experience it's speaking from experience I fucking hate it when people try to fix my problems yeah just just <laughs> FYI, listeners, the squeaking you can hear in the background is Juno biting into her toy. Juno is our multi-poo puppy. Yes, not a member of staff. Not a member of staff. Um, well, potentially a member of staff. But... Potentially. Um, so, yeah, speaking from experience, it is hard being close to someone who has depression because all you do want to do is solve the problem for them. Um and you do want to fix it, but you have to learn that you can't <laughs> because it's not a physical, rational problem. Um, you just have to, as you said, be with them through those times. Uh, and if there is anything you can do, they will let you know, basically. Um, Okay, so coping mechanisms then, aside from your medication, which has been super helpful, which is great, like, is there anything else that you do to get you through your bad days? Uh, walking. Walking is like my biggest, my biggest, that sounds a bit Trumpian, my biggest therapy. Uh, walking is the most, <laughs> the most helpful thing, I think, just to take myself out of my own head um it's giving my body something to do um you know the human body isn't designed to just be a brain on a stick sitting somewhere like your body really enjoys having something to do Mm. and walking is something that's not pressured or energy intensive um and yeah that's that's been massive for me yeah um other things to just get myself out of my head reading but sometimes i don't have the ability to concentrate um i have too much brain fog with the depression sometimes um but definitely the worst thing to do is sit and scroll through social media yeah yeah so what are you trying to do with shades of blue um and Charlie Cohen in relation to mental health like what are your long-term goals for this podcast and the platform as a whole so I have been writing about speaking about mental health for a really long time Um, Shades of Blue was a way to formally integrate that into the Charlie Cohen brand which I saw as being a greater platform than what I could achieve just as an individual. Um, First and foremost I want Shades of Blue to be a community and a resource for people um, especially focusing on people within the creative industries where infrastructure tends to be quite poor support tends to be quite poor um so that's that's the initial thing that i'm hoping that we're achieving and with the shades of blue podcast we have the opportunity to talk to people in different 
different parts of the creative industry at different levels of seniority um, and hopefully uh, that way we're able to give more insight into areas of businesses that could change um, areas that are already quite helpful what people's personal and individual coping mechanisms are um, and to just generally destigmatize my long-term goal is to be able to be more hands-on within creative businesses to be able to go into these businesses um, investigate their existing practices and guide them on infrastructure that they can put in place to better support their teams and employees um and i guess we'll finish with the same question we ask everybody so what would your protest sign say oh fuck i knew you were gonna ask this you didn't because you haven't prepared no but, but this gets so. asked on every interview so i haven't prepared but no. I did think as we commenced this interview that, oh... You should have known, fuck, really. I should have thought about this. You should have known it was going to be... Uh, well, you see, it changes, so I need to... No, you can't... I need to have a, a little think about what it's going to be right now. You can't now. have a little think. People are waiting for your answer. This makes really good radio. <laughs> we are going to cut out the pause. No, I think we should leave the pauses in just to no, show not. people how long you're thinking about let's this. Let's not leave the pause in, that's mean. I think my protest sign would say in quite a rambling fashion, um, no issues are black and white, everything is nuanced. Just because somebody believes one thing doesn't mean that they automatically don't believe the thing at the opposite end of the political or social spectrum. That's a big sign. It's a big sign. It's a bit, um, I think we'll a bit go too with, big. I think we'll go with it's okay to have a nuanced opinion on something. Okay. Um, I would highly, highly recommend puppies as a at least temporary cure-all for any type of depression, anxiety, or otherwise. Um, puppies are great. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, I think okay. we'll end with puppies. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening to, to me ramble on. And but I, we thought it would be important, given that you've well, now is, been yeah. listening to this podcast for four episodes. and It's only fair to share your own It's only fair to share experiences. our own experiences, exactly. Yeah. Join us next month. For Mystery Guest. For Mystery Guests. Thanks, bye. Thank you, guys. Thank you.